Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. That was two years ago, mate. Get over it. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Thursday, September the 20th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And the question mark at the end of the date, that's what really sells it. It's Thursday? <laughs> I th- I was like, it's, it says on my computer, because um, we're on Skype, and in front of me there's a little calendar thing that says September 20. Mm. And so I read that quite confidently. And then I just could not quite tell as I was doing the intro whether it was <laughs> Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday, Will. And uh, Melbourne, I imagine, is a buzz with the demons, talk of the demons, talk of Collingwood and Richmond. Give me a give me a flavour of what it's like down there. Yes, it is the preliminary day to the preliminary final. And uh, it's the entire town. I mean, particularly, obviously, this game on Friday night, Richmond and Collingwood, the two biggest, you know, supported teams, traditional rivals. Uh, Collingwood haven't beaten Richmond in a final uh, since 1937, Charlie. Uh, mm-hmm. The day Dawn Fraser was born. Uh, I know that because this week we tried to get Olympian Dawn Fraser on the radio to give us her recollections of that day. Uh, <laughs> turns out <laughs> turns out Dawn didn't quite get the joke I was going for there. <laughs> In the same way as when I pitched this week that we interviewed Sam Frost, the former Bachelor contestant now on Home and Away, as an interview thinking it was Sam Frost, the Melbourne player. <laughs> Again, some of my ideas don't stick, Charlie. Sometimes I'm just a little bit too out there for the rest of them. You got Josh Thomas on to talk about the game this week, and he's like, "What are you talking about? I just write comedy." That'd be great. We should interview Josh Thomas, the comedian, as if he's Josh Thomas from Collingwood, and Sam Frost, uh, the ex-bachelorette, as if she's Sam Frost from Melbourne. <laughs> um, this game, this Richmond and Collingwood game on Friday night, is just going to be like the the talk around town. I mean, at some stage during the week, they said these were troll bids, but. People were offering up to $10,000 for tickets to this game. It is going to be impossible to get to. Uh, car parks are closed. I know that because I walked. Uh, we were a little bit late recording this today because I... Actually, I'll tell you this story because you'll you'll like this. Very football-related, uh, yeah. the reason I was um, late today, because I uh, went and saw a new doctor. I've been having some you know trouble with my hips and my back, and um, I'm settled in the one place, so I, I went to see a new doctor. And the doctor that I went to see... Uh, is a famous football doctor. Right. Uh, the the most famous uh, probably football doctor that there is. Do you want to have is a guess? It, is it Super, the Super Mario guy from the Western Bulldogs? <laughs> Dr. Zimmerman. Yeah. The Zimmerman. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Charlie. You are so close because oh. the office that this is, this is what, it was like going to like the Avengers, right. like of the Marvel movies, because in this one office, there is... Dr. Bruce Reed, the famous resident right. doctor. Yep. Dr. Gary Zimmerman, the Bulldogs doctor. And the doctor that I went to see all work out of the same doctor's surgery. And so as a footy fan and as a footy doctor fan, it really was like very exciting. How much memorabilia was up on the walls? Oh, all of it. Yeah, like every single right. bit of memorabilia that there has ever been. I think it was one of those things where if you wanted to charge an extra $500 to your Medicare card, you could take one home. <laughs> 
<laughs> get a Guernsey. Uh, talking about a media doctor, Charlie, like someone we, you oh. would have seen on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Um, uh, 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 the guy who's, he, did, he used to do Triple M. Uh, uh, not Dr. Not Dr. Turf. <laughs> no, it's not Dr. Turf. No. <laughs> yeah, I went to say Dr. Turf. <laughs> he's the said racing to, commentator he said and comedian to, Dr. Turf. <laughs> you went to see Dr. Turf. He just pulled, pulled out a screen and cocked a shotgun. <laughs> uh, no, I can't remember his name. Dr. Peter Larkins. Peter Larkins. Dr. Peter Larkins. Former Australian Olympian, Dr. Peter Larkins, and yeah. uh, famous AFL doctor and football media commentator, Dr. Peter Larkin. So I went to see him. And then, so here's a sign that there's no doctor-patient confidentiality the other way, is there? It's only him being confidential about me. So if I want to talk about it, I can talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. So Doc Larkins, geez, he's a good doctor. Like when you go and see him, for what I have, it really was the most comprehensive Hang on, I might take this because I think this might actually... Is this him? him. Hang on. (laughs) Okay. Will Anderson. Hello, Peter. How are you? I mean, I can let people know that Will is uh, taking this call. He's uh, moved away from the microphone. He doesn't seem to be too upset, so I think the news might be all right. He's writing something down. He's walked to the back of his office. He's taking notes. I don't know what Dr. Peter Larkins is telling him. But it doesn't seem to be bad. Well, Will seems to be bending over at the bench to write down these notes. So obviously the hip, the hip mobility is okay. Oh, wait a minute. Now he's starting to pace. Maybe he's getting some bad news. No, no. Seems to be a smile on his face. I did say to her, I said... I think... I think... <laughs> he's laughing. That's a good sign. And I think you might be picking up a bit of that conversation in the background. He's writing down some more notes. Beautiful. Sounds good, mate. Thank you. Thanks for today. Really appreciate it. Well, that was uh, that was great. I mean, what timing? What timing? Like, so we're getting some. Uh, well, I just I was doing a bit of commentary then on the phone call, so it seems like good news. You were laughing. And the, and the way you're pacing about, it's like, well, Will has some mobility in his hips. Yeah, he's cured me yeah, over great. the phone. That was wow, the great he, thing. He is good. I told you he was good. Uh, yeah, that, that was him. Uh, no, he was laughing at the fact that, um, well, I'll get to this part of the story. So okay. um, basically, I'm in his office and he was so good. Like, you know, just one of those people where, you know, like when you know you're in good hands and obviously it's someone who's had a lot of experience with sports injuries um, and sports rehabilitation. So um he gets me up on the table and um, uh, where he's like testing out my hips. And at one stage he goes, oh, I've never seen anyone who had less mobility in their hip than you. <laughs> like never. Like yeah. he's got to be in his 60s at the very least. And he yeah. is a professional sports injury doctor. And he's never seen anyone with less mobility in their hip than me. And this is a guy who's probably treated like Aaron Hamill, Dermot Brereton, some of the most famous like busted hips footballers in history. Yeah, he, he said he actually said to me, Charlie he said, "You know who you should go and see? Doctor Turf. He's got a shotgun and a screen." That's <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, so he sent me down to um, get some X-rays to get some up to up to date X-rays on my hips, and the place that I had to go and get them was at 
Amy Park. So between where he is at the Epworth Hospital and uh, Amy Park, you have to walk sort of through the MCG precinct uh, to get there. And so Richmond were training this morning. So there was like thousands of Richmond fans at Punt Road, like thousands just to like, watch them training. Like VFL crowd size, country footy crowd size. What do you reckon? Put a number on it. Uh, country footy size, if it's a game where one of the teams has recruited Fev for the game and the other <laughs> one's recruited Barry Hall. Okay, great. Got it. Like any other sport, a sort of what I would call, Charlie, NRL final size. <laughs> so <laughs> Take that, NRL. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, this, uh, you know, city when it comes to sport. Like, you know, and what happened was that while I was walking through, basically, I guess the the open training had finished. And so people were kind of piling out of uh, Punt Road and then just like dads and their sons and stuff having kicks of the footy in the park around the MCG. And then walking past the MCG through there and just seeing the amount of, oh, your favourite bit, the jam donut van already in place, ready to go. But just seeing them set up everything ready to go and just the buzz around that. And then um, I went down to Amy Park and I got my x-rays. And so what... uh, Doc Larkins was just laughing about was um, the the people who do the x-rays are meant to be cagey but like my my one really was like you'd love to play poker against her because she gave everything away (laughs) like it went from being quite a nice normal conversation at the start to her just kind of looking at me like did you know you've got like the worst hips anybody's (laughs) ever had (laughs) Um, and I actually said to her I said does one look worse than the other and she was like nope (laughs) <laughs> I was like, well, that is not a good sign. So as I was uh, limping out of my x-ray, um, I walked past the Holden Centre, where Collingwood, of course, are based, mm-hmm. and saw uh, Nathan Buckley, the coach of Collingwood, and Adam Trelaw, uh, so, you know, post some sort of training that they must have had. And it was exciting. Yeah. Like, you know, it was that thing of going, you've been breathing it all week. And it actually... For the first time since 2016, I kind of got some of that buzz of, you know, the Bulldogs in 2016. You just saw, you know, the fact that these guys are a day away from, you know, the biggest, you know, biggest mm. you know, final of Buckley's career as the coach, biggest game of Trelaw's career. But they just look like two blokes in, you know, in footy shorts, you know, eating lunch and relaxed. And it was just, well, it was really exciting. Well, this is the one time where I really miss Melbourne. Like, I I don't have a lot of regrets about moving to Sydney, but finals time in Melbourne, especially grand final week, I often say to people who have maybe never visited Melbourne or are thinking of going to Melbourne, I always say, if you can go down for finals week, because it is like... Yeah, Comencia Festivalis. It's like the festival of football every year. It's a, It's like what uh, Sydney was like in the 2000 Olympics, but it happens every year. Everywhere you go, every shop front, every pub, every restaurant, there's some kind of like, even if they don't really follow football, they'll put up a scarf or a flag or a go whatever team it is. And there's just a general buzz and energy about the city. People are excited. Well, there's something amazing about the fact too that on uh, you know, Friday night, you're going to get nearly 100,000 people. They might have more people uh, on Friday night at the game than they do at the grand final. Mm. For two clubs, two suburbs that are separated by a road. Yeah. Separated right. by a road. On one side of the road, it's this suburb. And on the other side of the road, it's this suburb. So two suburbs are playing against each other and they're going to get 100,000. They're going to get like the same amount of people who go to the Super Bowl are going to go and see two suburbs play each other, not even in the grand final, in the preliminary final. I mean, that 
alone. I mean, like if you live in, they are the battle of the two suburbs where none of the fans can afford to live in the suburbs anymore. Yeah. Because you think of Collingwood supporters as being these real sort of like, you know, the battlers and the, you know, yeah, the toothless Collingwood supporter. But if you actually go to Collingwood, it's mostly like, you know, $2 million apartments and baristas. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's not the, it's the old not the working class. No, no. And so when the Bulldogs were in, uh, in 2016, you being one of the most kind of prominent Bulldog supporters, you're getting texts and messages and like everyone like coming up to you. So I imagine Eddie, who's not only like the, probably the most identifiable, but also involved with the club. Like, does he just have to go on a blackout in terms of turn his phone off because it's just going to be blowing up all the time? Like, is he getting stuck? Can he walk more than two meters down the street without someone coming up and saying something? I spend three hours with him every morning and he's not looked me in the eye this week. And the reason is that he's just busy doing a million other things. Like we'll be having a conversation and he'll be like having to close three deals and deal with eight ticket inquiries and arrange a media day and, you know, put on a, you know, kind of book at Margaret Court Arena so that all the Pies fans who didn't get tickets can come and Yeah, it's amazing to see how much hard work it is from his point of view. But also the thing that he's been telling me about, which I love is, the amount of people who like went to high school with his brother or whatever, who just think they can get some tickets from him. <laughs> and he says, there's about 20% who do the, I'm happy to pay, which by the way, is not much of a thing to say. Like for all the hassle it would be for him, I'm happy to pay is the least you could do. But about 80% of them don't even go with, I'm happy to pay. They're just like, I went to primary school with your brother. Can you get me two tickets? Preferably behind the Collingwood goals. I mean, I'm laughing. But in 2009 and 2010, when I wasn't at the highest tier of St Kilda membership, as I am now, which has turned out to be uh, a rather uh, premature, <laughs> me upping my guaranteed grand final tickets membership at the Saints. Didn't do it in 09 and 10, but I've done it since 2015. Uh, I was that guy where I anyone I knew of any influence who could get me a ticket, I was on the phone. I was doing cold calls, emails. Like if someone, if, if it was just a vague hint, there was a, a network I worked for five years prior where I knew that someone might be able to get me a ticket and I was just like cold calling them, dropping emails and stuff. I think I've even told this story before. Like I made Limo take me to an AFL Players Association event just so I could go shake down people for tickets and it fucking worked. Like to all those people who are feeling discouraged by Eddie not getting back to them, keep going because that's what I did. I, I went to the 11th hour of just going around hassling everyone for a ticket. I shook down the CEO of the Brisbane Lions for a football ticket and it fucking worked. So I say, do it. Keep going. Yeah. Well, you're the example that makes everybody think they can, Charlie. Yeah. You're the problem. <laughs> yeah, Occasionally right. a you gets through the net and it gives everybody hope. Well, I think I, I can't remember if I have told this story, but so in 2009, um, uh, when the CEO of Brisbane got me my ticket, the way I got my ticket was he introduced me to Gil. And Gil was like, okay, if you're such a Saints fan, then name like the last five Saints captains. And I did. And so he gave me this like secret bat phone number and said, okay, on Monday, call this number and they'll sort you out with the ticket. And so got that ticket organized. Or call this number and I'll sort you out with an au pair. <laughs> call Peter Dutton. And so the next year, I, uh, the Saints got in again, and I still had this number. And I'm like, well, might be worth another shot. So I called this guy. It was like, hey, man, just uh, I want to get a ticket for the grand final weekend. He said, so who, who is this? 
And I said, uh, Charlie Clawson, um, uh, uh, you sorted me out last year. And he's like, so you've had a year to organize a ticket for this year and you've waited till now to call me again? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, click. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old number in somebody's phone, where, like the old gang are getting back together. And yeah. someone's like, hey, does anyone have a guy that we can call? <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, I think I've still got a number in my phone. They might be in prison by now, but <laughs> we can give it a go. So did you see both games on the weekend? I did, yes. Um, so what are your thoughts? Melbourne, the Melbourne freight train, it's up and running. How do you feel about that? On board. You're on I board? I said it last week, Charlie, that I thought I was pretty much on board, but now I'm 100% on board. I, In fact, the problem with Saturday's game for me is going to be that I have a great deal. I've grown to have a great deal of affection for West Coast and for Melbourne. You know, because I've judged Melbourne so harshly, I think now that they're doing well, I feel like that has been well-earned. And I think it's a bit the same with Collingwood. I have a sense that their, you know, success has been well-earned. And, you know, we have a growing affection for the West Coast Eagles. So I thought Melbourne were fantastic. I just thought they just are a really good side and I think they can still play better than they're playing at the moment. Like, I still think they have... Potential upside. They are so tough. That midfield of theirs. Like when, when you look at your midfield and Clayton Oliver is probably your fourth tough, toughest midfielder, then yeah. you've got a pretty fucking tough midfield. I mean, they are playing so well that Jordan Lewis's hair has grown back. That's how good they are. I mean, that's that's the one thing I thought when I saw Jordan facing up against his old side. I'm like, well, not only has he made the right move, because he's moved to a team that could be playing in a grand final, but obviously this team has made his hair grow back. They have the four toughest midfielders in the uh, league, but none of them are tough enough to mention the fact that Jordan's <laughs> hair has grown back. <laughs> Remember when Brent Guerra got that rug? Like Brent Guerra, who'd been bald for eight years, suddenly fronts up to preseason and he's got like a full head of hair. And everyone pointed it out. There was even, I think, a player... There wasn't there like rumours that there was... Uh, uh, like a bet going around that if you can grab his grab his rug <laughs> during a game, like you get like bonus points or something. But clearly, and Brent Guerra was a tough guy. I wouldn't be going around making fun of Brent Guerra's hair to his face. Jordan Lewis's hair hasn't grown back, Charlie. Jordan Lewis has instituted starting positions for his hair follicles, so yeah, he right. now has a six six six. So <laughs> it was flooding. That was the problem. Was six 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 appropriate for the demons? Yeah. Um, I think that. Yeah, there's a lot of joy around Melbourne fans. Like Melbourne yes. people are so excited. And, you know, it's – I saw Russell Howcroft today who was on the Melbourne board and, you know, just – like he's like a kid in a candy shop. Like, you know, mm. just up and about. You know, they're all going to lunches. They're all – everyone's wearing their colours around town. Like, you know, even those stories about, you know, fans driving across the Nullarbor and stuff to go to Western Australia to the game. I love all that stuff. I, yeah. I find that – that's all the stuff about football that I just love. I love opening the paper every day. Like on the front page of The Age today, they had a picture of uh, Joffa and Trout. <laughs> Two of these people that, that like these guys are on the front page of the paper, not because they've committed some crime, because they are the hero mascots of the Richmond and Collingwood cheer squads. Like f- fucking Joffa and Trout are on the front page of the paper. I love the idea that there is like a caravan, a horde of Melbourne supporters driving across the Nullarbor. So it's kind of like that scene from Mad Max Fury Road with, you know, everyone pouring across it. But they're all like Range Rovers, Mercedes Benz, BMWs. 
Like instead of a guy playing like a guitar that burns fire, it's like just classical music is playing as they as they sup wine and eat cheese. Yeah, they've got a cellist uh, strapped to the front <laughs> of their BMW. <laughs> yeah, they've got what, Vanessa. What's that chick who used to play the violin? Vanessa. Oh God, can't remember her name. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so. I think that that's like the prequel to Mad Max because they're all driving the cars that led to the uh, post-apocalyptic future where <laughs> your petrol was the most valuable resource. Um, uh, yeah, I've loved go- all that. It just goes to show, I mean, not that you can engineer it, but having a fairy tale team every season, because we've had it for the last three years, it just, it's so much better than, it just felt for a while it was Geelong, Hawthorne, Sydney, you know, they're just like swapping around the Premiership Cup. And now it feels like, well, every year we get that, we get a storyline that we want to follow. I mean, even the, I mean, West Coast doesn't really count because they are a powerhouse team and they've won flags in the past, but there is something similar. Like I was thinking about the games this weekend and there's really, there's really no hard luck story. Like whatever happens from now on, I'm in. I'm in if Richmond win, I'm in if Collingwood win. Melbourne, West Coast, like whatever the grand final ends up being. I'm like, well, this is good for football. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of all this. I'm with you. Um, I think that I have no, I mean, Richmond are such an awesome football team and, you know, they've probably been the best team in it all season. And, you know, they probably deserve to win the whole thing again. But I think I'm a bit like you where at the moment I'm enjoying this period of it being, you know, these teams that, you know, haven't won finals for, you know, 30 plus years, like, you know, having their opportunity and seeing everything that comes with that and everything that's around that is just such a delight and such a joy mm. that, um, yeah, I like it. I like that idea. I think after a while, you don't want like, I, I know the AFL's ideal thing is like, you know, 18 teams win in 18 years, right? That's equalization. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of in a way devalues your premiership. <laughs> like if everyone's got one, yeah. Like if like if you play for twelve years and like eleven other teams are also premiership players, I'm not into that. There it's needs pa- to be some period of there being teams that have been shit for a long time to make it yeah. interesting. But you're sounding a little bit like a Sky News after dark commentator here. It's like, oh well, now the AFL's giving out participation trophies. Everyone gets a flag, do they? Yeah, it's bloody political correctness gone mad. <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, fuck! I would take a participation trophy. I would, I would take whatever. I was watching. Um, there was like a, a on Trade Radio. They did a panel where they had like Dan Hanabry and Tom Lynch and a bunch of other guys on as well. And um, they asked Dan Hanabry about going to the Saints, and it was the most kind of like depressing like comment where he was like, "Well, the Saints aren't as bad as everyone thinks they are." <laughs> and it's like that's the best thing you can say about the team you're going to be playing for next year in all likelihood. Not like I'm really excited about the prospect. It's like, well, they're not as... Sh- Look, I admit that they're shit, but I don't think they're quite as shit as everyone thinks they are. I think there's a little upside in that this is not fresh shit. This is like hard shit that's easy to pick up. Um, I think that uh, the main problem with Dan Hannabury going there is that his name doesn't start with J. Yeah. Uh, surely he's going to have to change his name to Jadan. Or, or even Jan Hannabry. Or Jan Hannabry. Can you be Jan Yeah, Jan Hannabry. Because <laughs> I looked at the best and fairest from St Kilda last night, and I think seven of the top ten people in your best and fairest name start with J. Well, Jack Steele won it. Uh, so Jack Stevens Jack won Stevens. it. Jack Steele came third, and Jaron Geary came fifth. So, yeah, <laughs> three out of the top yeah. five were Js. 
Yeah, but I think it was like literally seven out of the top ten. It was like Jack Billings was in there. There was like a whole bunch of Jays. It's funny. I did the the Saints best and fairest was last night. I was in the office working, but I was keeping sort of half an eye on it. And look, it's fair to say that this has been a fairly disillusioning year for Saints supporters. And there's a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of unrest. And it was funny because even though I feel the same thing as every other Saints supporter, just really deflated by the year and feel and feeling very uh, um, pessimistic about what's going on. But all it takes is one three-minute highlights package, which for our season is probably all the highlights of the season. And I got excited about next year. I started thinking, I started fantasizing, going, well, you know, if we do get Dan Hanabry and, you know, maybe like look, even if his body's not up to scratch, he can bring some leadership qualities. And, you know, we haven't had a real hard trainer since like Lenny and Rui retired. Maybe Dan brings that to the club and just say we snag a Dylan Schill, you know, maybe, maybe we just had a lull to you. Man. And it's like, oh, it's happening again. I can't fucking believe it. Like the corpse is not even cold on last season and I'm already getting excited about next year. Have I learned nothing? Oh, mate, I'm exactly the same. Mitch Wallace signed overnight and I just had this real thrill because it's been mm. a bit of a tough period for the Bulldogs. Dalhouse looks like he's going to Geelong. Well, he's gone from the Bulldogs um, and he was one of my favourite players. And uh, Redpath, unfortunately, has had to retire as well and Biggs retired and suddenly you're going, oh, gee, we're losing a lot of players. But then Wallace resigns and I start to have a look at the list again and I start yeah. to get a bit excited and then yeah, I'm like yeah. talking to Dars off air about, oh, I think Shaki really, and you know, there's talk that maybe Wingard's thinking about going to the Bulldogs and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I could I could handle a Wingard at the Bulldogs. I think like a bit of razzle-dazzle. <laughs> well, the off-season to me has like two major benefits. One is trade period. I love the trade period. I love getting onto trade radio. I follow the trade whisperer on Twitter. I love sort of seeing, because it's all potential and it's all what ifs and who, and could this be the, you know, the, the, the key to turning our, our fortunes around. And then the other thing I love is training reports. I love in preseason reading like who won the time trials and stuff and, you know, who's on the track and who's doing handball drills and all that kind of stuff, because there are no results. Like, it doesn't matter. It's all in my head. I can extrapolate from those reports anything I want. Like, I, th I think if there was premierships handed out for training, the Saints would be right up there. We'd have like five or six premierships for training. Well, unless Nick Rewalt, what you're really saying is if there were premierships for reports about the way they're training. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. if they didn't actually go down and examine the way they were training, if they just went on the reports out of the club about how they were training, then the Saints would have won a, a lot of premierships. So chat me up on the Luke Dalhouse thing. What, what, was he not happy? Has he been squeezed out? Is it a salary cap thing? What's going on? I think that there was like, I mean, he hasn't had a great couple of years since the premiership. He was in instrumental, I thought, in us winning the premiership. But he hasn't had a great couple of years. I think he was on decent money and to recontract would have been probably, we would have probably been paying him overs on what he's produced in the last couple of years. I, there has been some whispers that the Bulldogs have been doing a bit of what Collingwood did post, you know, when Buckley got in, which is there was a few people there that were perhaps, you know, having too much fun off the field and his name has been mentioned. And But I don't know if that's true. I don't have any information about that and that might be an unfair thing to to say about him. But sometimes you just hear those things enough that you think, well, maybe, maybe that is the case. And so uh, what would you get in return for him? Is he, is he contracted or is he a free agent? He's a restricted free agent. So do you get I compensation think? for that? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, whatever of... he is, we get compensation. Right. Like 
Yeah. So and so he'll be like a second based on based on what he's been offered. I think he's like they're talking four years at five hundred thousand or whatever, and where he was drafted and blah blah blah. They were talking about end of first round. Uh, sorry, start of second round. Yeah. So that, that, it might be something around sort of twenty twenty early twenties or something. I think that are you, I'd be okay with that. It's a good draft. In, a, in what's meant to be a super draft, Charlie. <laughs> Again, yeah. that's what I love as well. The talk around the draft. And this one's going to be a super draft. We all know that. Um, that yeah, now you got I think you'd probably be happy with the salary cap relief so you could go after a wing guard or somebody like that. And then um yeah, the fact that um you'll get a reasonable draft picked out pick out so of it. A few years down the road now from free agency coming in, do you feel like it has affected your enjoyment of football remember paul ruse came out and was like this could be really dangerous the league because you're just going to have like gun players just going to the best clubs and the the smaller clubs are going to be disadvantaged have you noticed a significant change in all that i like where it's at at the moment i don't want it to become too much more than this yeah i think this is like a good level of it like yeah. i don't want it to get to the point where it just feels like you can't have any club loyalty. I like a bit of player movement. I think it shakes it up and it's interesting and all that sort of stuff. But I don't want it to become like the norm and it's what everybody does. And then suddenly, you know, I mean, even with the Bulldogs, the fact that you'll have a Dell House or you'll have a Stringer and you'll have all these guys playing for other clubs who are all Bulldogs premiership players, yeah. it does kind of suck a bit. Yeah. And also, like, I don't want it to become like the NRL where a player nominates mid-season. No way. Go. Because I just can't. Don't like it. I can't support someone who doesn't want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, ignorance is bliss. Just tell me you love me. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I know this is a loveless yeah. relationship, but just pretend, oh, no, please. You, Keep up appearances. Yeah, or look, I know that we're in an open relationship, <laughs> but I don't want to hear about it. I yeah. don't want to know that I'm in a, like, what happens on the road happens on the road. But just come yeah. home and pretend that you love me until you leave me. I don't want to know <laughs> anything in between. <laughs> So I got very excited this week when I heard that Cyril was pulling on the boots and I'm like, oh, oh fuck, what's happened here? Is he going to line up for like the pies or Richmond or something? This could be even better than we even anticipated. But no, apparently Cyril is taking part in the longest kicking competition. See, here's the thing. It's good to have Cyril back and it's good to see him pulling on the boots. But Cyril wasn't even renowned for being a particularly long kick, you know? It's like we've gone to see our favourite band that we've never seen. You know, we've gone to see the Rolling Stones and they just do a night of Beatles covers, which would be yeah. interesting in itself, but it's not really what they're renowned for. I just well, think we've wasted the opportunity <laughs> of playing Cyril in these finals and I'll never forgive Alistair Clarkson. Well, you know what? If he just turns up to this long kicking competition and they still put him in the glass cage in the boxing ga- dressing gown and he shadow boxes before they bring him out, I'm like, okay. Well, we didn't get exactly what we wanted. I just found the article. Uh, this is from the Channel 9 website. Hawthorne champion Surreola to come out of retirement for Fox Footy's longest kick 2018. Recently retired Hawthorne star Surreola is set to lace up the football boots again, suiting up for Fox Footy's longest kick competition on grand final day. The four-time premiership winner will join 10 other competitors to compete from 10 a.m. at the Biramung Ma for the annual event. Rioli will be joined by former Hawthorne teammate Jack Gunston. Is he a renowned long kick? Um, yeah, longish. As well as two, 2017 number one pick Cam Rayner and Carlton youngster Jack Silvani. See, none of those guys. I mean, I know what you're talking about. You're, you're, you're thinking about like Darren Bennett, Ben Graham, 
Like the dude whose only weapon was you'd give him the ball uh, from fullback and let him roost it into the goal uh, into the center square, right? Yeah, it should be only people who will go on to have a career as an NFL punter. It says here the hot favorite to take out the competition will be former Richmond big man Ben Griffiths. Griffiths retired from the Tigers last season and is set to embark on a college career in the United States as a punter, which I love that. <laughs> I love that migration. I love that every year a bunch of AFL players go to the NFL and try to make their names as punters. Uh, so see, the action won't be restricted to just AFL players either. AFLW star Katie Brennan from the Bulldogs and Brisbane Sabrina Frederick Traub are also set to compete. Fellow AFL stars involved in the competition will be Geelong's Mitch Duncan, Essen Zach Merritt and GWS captain Phil Davis. Here's the thing about uh, including the women. I think that's a good thing. Uh, but there is part of me that's like, the women don't kick it as long as the men. Does that mm. feel like, it feels like, is it Pandering? almost... No... Is it almost worse though because they won't be able to kick it as far or is the idea that they've picked a few people? Maybe this is why you've got your Cyril or whatever in. Or they've what, picked a few men that won't be able to kick it as long as the women. Or what it might be is like golf where there'll be a female tee and a male a tee. tee. <laughs> yeah. So you kick from like the female line and you kick from the male line in that way. No? I would like to just say two separate competitions, the men versus the women. Yeah. That's a good point. Why didn't they do that? I don't know. Anyway, it's not for us to give advice, but if I was going to give some advice, this is what it would be. Um, we have a rule on grand final day where either of the teams can nominate one super sub where they choose someone who is in the grand final parade around the ground. So oh, it's yeah. from, like it's a retiring player from any other club and yep. each team gets one pick. They toss yeah. a coin at the start and you can then look around the retiring players and on the day choose one as a super sub for each team. It, do they, is it, I can't remember. At the grand final, is it just retiring players or do they also bring out like Olympians and, you know, other kind of athletes they want to honour? Because that's it, like, becomes the wild card entry, you know. You can pick like a basketballer or something to come and, you know, kick the ball for you. Richmond have picked Cyril Rioli and West Coast Eagles have chosen... Steve Monaghetti. <laughs> Lydia Lassala. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to keep this episode a bit short because there hasn't been a lot of uh, uh, stuff to talk about this week. But a lot of people have sent us uh, links this week about Nat Feist's debut at Perth Fashion Week on the catwalk. One article in particular was sent, I'd say at least half a dozen times we received this. Uh, headline, Perth Fashion Festival, Nicole Tronfino Tr 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 asks Nat Fife if, if he's a West Coast Eagle. <laughs> Nat Fife, one of the most recognisable faces in WA, but local export Nicole Tronfino may have missed the memo. The US-based international model had an awkward exchange with the Docker star during a Perth Fashion Festival press conference, where Tronfino asked the Brownlow winner if he played for the Eagles. The pair shared plenty of laughs as they gradually got to know one another during the media call ahead of strutting their stuff on the catwalk for the last night of the festival. I didn't even know you were a football player, Tronfino admitted. <laughs> it's like I'm learning as we're speaking. Tronfeo then took a 50-50 stab at the Western Australian team Fife plays for and came up short. Are you a West Coast Eagle? She asked as Fife laughed. The doctor explained, so West Coast is still playing finals and we're not. That's why I'm here with you and not training. <laughs> 
But in her defense, like, we can barely name any Fremantle players. Like, she took a stab at, like, uh, at the bigger team, and, and that's a fair call. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think he would have judged her. He would have been like, oh, no, I don't know many of my teammates' names either. It's fine. <laughs> and there's another photo that a few people have sent us uh, of, of Nat Fife. The last installment of Nat Life is uh, he was in Sri Lanka last week. He's obviously on his footy trip, shirtless, of course, next to a, uh, I think you'd call it a tuk-tuk or a little, it's like a little... Car Some sort of mini vehicle. Some sort of mini vehicle. Surely on his... I mean, I, I assume you go surfing in Sri Lanka. Is that right? Well, I assume so. Like, you certainly don't buy shirts, apparently. <laughs> I think it was actually Hayden Valentine's car. Yeah. <laughs> it was a life-size car for Hayden Valentine. Uh, all right. Well, should we give our tips for this week? And then... Uh, yeah, let's give our tips. And we might, because um, we obviously have our big grand final show uh, mm. the day after the grand final. But uh, you're going to come and stay at my place, aren't you, yeah. for grand yeah, final yeah. weekend? So yeah. let's... We'll, we'll record another one pre... Yeah, grand next final. week, obviously, at some stage. Yeah. There'll, there'll definitely be a, another episode pre the grand final and uh, maybe a, even a couple if we do one on the morning yeah, of the grand look, final or something like that as well. close to 40 minutes. That's not bad considering there's like two games played on the weekend. Have the Bulldogs I was have on the phone to my doctor for about five minutes of that, but I That's assumed true. that the content you were providing was hilarious. Yeah, amazing. Mike, I'll make something of that. Uh, do the Bulldogs have, have they had their best and fairest yet? Uh, I don't believe that they have. No, I haven't seen any reports of it, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, all right. So f- tomorrow night, the big game, uh, Collingwood taking on Richmond. Whew, I feel like it has to be Richmond. I mean, I, I think where are the backs to the wall in this regard, Will? The backs are to the wall. They're, backs they are? Are, they're playing a team that hasn't lost the lost. game in 20-odd games at the MCG. They're playing last year's premiers. They're playing the clear favourite for the flag this year. Um, backs are against the wall. They've had a six day break. Uh that you know, there's um yeah, no, nah, they're 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 backs against the wall. Definitely backs against the wall. Okay, then I'm tipping Collingwood. That's the way it works. When they're backs against the wall, you always tip Collingwood. Who are you gonna pick? I, I look my head says Richmond and my heart says Collingwood. I want Collingwood to win. I'd be fine with Richmond winning, but I want Collingwood to win. Even if Collingwood lose this one, they've had a great season and they can walk away with their heads in the air and all those sort of things. But I want Collingwood to win. And it feels weird to say those words. Seeing that when we started this podcast a couple of years ago, we did our preseason preview and didn't (laughs) even talk about Collingwood. It feels weird that now I want Collingwood to win. But... um. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with my heart. Fuck it. Collingwood. Okay. Collingwood. All right. And on Saturday, the Demons take on West Coast. I don't know about this one. I mean, West Coast, Demons beat them over their last time, didn't they? They did, but the, you know, the West Coast don't lose with, that, with those big tall forward line and they've got everybody back. They're firing. They're ready to go, West Coast. Um, yeah, look, you know what? I think... Melbourne's had a good run till now, but I think the fairy tale ends. And I would, I could just, how about this? Tell me what grand final do you want to see? Um, well, I mean, obviously the ideal grand final I wanted to see, I can't see anymore, which was GWS West Coast Eagles. <laughs> but <laughs> would have been a real vibe around Melbourne. 
City would have been electric for that GWS and West Coast Eagles game. And even just the clash of colours, like the blue and yellow yeah. and the orange and grey. Oh, gross. just disgusting. Oh, disgusting. So gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say that ideally I think I want to see two Melbourne teams, but that's a yeah. very Melbourne biased perspective, but I work on Melbourne radio. So um, for me, two Melbourne teams would be my ideal week. Um, I That means that you Melbourne win that one and they play Melbourne Collingwood. I mean, then it doesn't matter who wins out of that. That's just an amazing story. So I'm going yeah. to say Melbourne Collingwood is my ideal. So I'm going to say Melbourne go to Western Australia and beat the West Coast Eagles. And that is my lock of the week. Uh, I'm going to pick the Mighty Eagles. Uh, I'm going to say JJK to kick four. And that's my lock of the week. <laughs> Uh, as Will mentioned, we're doing a grand final show the day after the grand final. Or not, so it's not a grand final show. It's a post-grand final show at the European Beer Cafe in Melbourne. To get tickets or information on tickets, you can either go to our Facebook page or go to tofop.com. There's a little link there for our live shows. I think it's more than half sold out, maybe even three quarters sold out. So you probably want to get in pretty quick. Yeah, I it, it it's going to be hard to get tickets uh, if you're it's leaving sold too out, late. So. It's sold out every year prior to prior to now, and I think that and our show's only gone from strength to strength. <laughs> I think know? you'll agree. <laughs> I think you'll agree. We deliver the same high quality entertainment from week to week. Why wouldn't you want to see this live on stage? Why wouldn't you want to pay hard earned money to hear two guys <laughs> vaguely talk about football? I mean. That is entertainment, right? In the when you are spoiled for choice in Melbourne this week for sports entertainment, come see two guys blather their way through and get names wrong and retire players who are still playing and talk about players who've retired. Come see that live on stage. Apparently, it's seventy percent sold out already. So um, uh, Mike Hell has given us the information. So I would get in quick if you want to come and see that. Uh, I always feel a bit at those shows too, Charlie. I don't know if you're the same because Michael Chamberlain prepares. Yes. Like he kind of brings an agenda and notes yeah. and like a direction for the podcast. Yeah. And I at the start it was meant to be a kind of like a team up. Yeah. Like, you know, like as in like it was junk time meets two guys, one cup, and it was an equal partnership. But yeah. I've realized over the last two years we're just guests on their show. Yeah. I mean in, basically- it's, in name only is it a collaboration. I mean, it's like junk time of the Jared Waitley and we're the Robbo. They come yeah. in with the agenda, they steer the ship, and oh we just God. ramble incoherently <laughs> into our Robbo. chest. Yeah. It's so true. We're the Robbo. We get drunk and slander people and give out our credit card details unnecessarily and not turn up and we can't use microphones. We're fucking Robbo. We're the Robbo of podcasts. <laughs> and so uh, we to all the teams, good luck this weekend. It's going to be very exciting. We say play on, not 15. Bolt. We are two guys, one car.